man. There was blood in every gutter. Who could ask for more? Oh, I imagine that's a lyric, and that's a very good Roman. Yeah, I'm could sure. ask for anything more. It's <laughs> a great could song. Ask for anything? Is that Oliver? I don't even know. I don't no, know any Barry Manilow. Oh man. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do it's, one it's, more it's, Google. It's lyrics from uh, Copacabana. I think that's the same song. I We're still I talking about meant... suits and medals infused with souls, right? Yeah, Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> I, I am got the model rhythm. of a modern major general. Oh, I got, I got rhythm. rhythm. Yep. I got yep. my... Who could ask for anything? I'm about to spit go. my tea back into my cup. And yeah, sorry. My face. This all sucks. I'm sorry, everybody. Um... <laughs> Welcome to Batman in Quarantine. Don't tell me it's not episode 62, unless it's not episode 62. (laughs) (laughs) Where every week we talk... No, God, wrong podcast. We are a group of buddies who read Grant Morrison's Batman run, issue by issue, day by day, taking it one step step at a time. When... When, my friend, did you see that there was only one footstep of footprints in the sand? Why, that was when Grant Morrison was carrying us. Um, (laughs) And uh, Batman Incorporated number eight, a very different artistic tone than the previous issue, uh, which was great. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I'm Justin. Hey, did everybody get my, um, that was when I carried you in the footstep. Did everyone get that? Anybody else grow up with that religious thing on their wall? Think of a thrift shop for some reason. Right? Yeah, yeah. Think of a, <laughs> okay, a God, I, story. I can't believe that I just uh, oh for three on that one. Um, you know, it's like a, a religious parable thing where it's like someone's talking to God at the end of their life, and they're like, "You can see our footprints in the sand together." And then he's like, "But God, in all of those moments where the hardest parts of my life, there's only one pair of footprints in the sand." And then God says, "That's where I was carrying you." Is that from a psalm? That sounds like it's from a psalm. Probably from a psalm, but it's also just one of those things you see on a it's church a, wall and you're living from a room motivational wall. poster. Motivational poster. Yeah, I saw it. them in the in in a thrift store in the in the frame section where they're selling frames, and the most alluring frames to me were always <laughs> the really kind of meat-handed religious. Who could ask for anything more? Now I know someone lied to me because someone told me a story about their experience with Bigfoot when I was a little kid, and it was that fucking story that they passed out <laughs> and Bigfoot was carrying them over a river, and they knew that they were being carried by Bigfoot because he can't levitate over rivers. Do you think God doesn't have big feet? You're sorely mistaken. <laughs> He's got friend. the biggest. He's got the biggest feet. feet yeah. biggest, hairiest feet. Uh, I, so, always, I always wondered yeah. if it, the other interpretation, though, when I first saw that. I was going, or it could mean that God just, you know, abandoned you. Well, that's the fear. That's what he was inviting <laughs> God upon. I can't help but notice you weren't there in the hardest yeah. moments. And he's well, like, motherfucker. Me. You yeah, think he... that our feet were the same size? Look at those prints. One of them mm-hmm. is clearly me. And you're There's a missing part. link here. <laughs> yeah, he left you on this it's beach and, and the tide's coming in. And you're not going to get off that beach. Yeah. Hey, Justin, was that missing link joke a joke about how Sasquatch is the missing link in evolution? That was yeah. really choice, dude. That was really <laughs> choice. That was fucking good. Okay. It's my best work thus far. 
And it's a great joke to share over the internet 3.0. I'm glad that we're all in this virtual space together. Feels like we're sharing a table and we had some high school multimedia student um, create the environment. For us. So that's very... <laughs> the map is the fucking territory. <laughs> I love that line, dude. That's, uh, that's Morrison's Robert Anton Wilson roots. That oh. was his whole shtick. <laughs> This is the second issue that had totally digital art in it and uh, an issue that I totally didn't read the first time it came out. As an adult, as a 31-year-old man, it's nice to look at the, look back at this favorite run of mine and be like, yeah, all it took was a computer digital rendering art for me to like not read issues in a thing that was clearly my favorite run. Like, what is that? That doesn't make sense. Shows how like how much of like capital F fans we are. Like, this is not exactly what I wanted, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, it's the thing that made me not read the other digital issue probably when it first came out was the words, not the pictures. Is this the same pictures oh, yeah. guy or is it the same pictures robot? That's a, that's a great question. I don't know. Django? No, I think it's a different person. It looks better to me than that yeah. clown at midnight one. I think it's a totally different process. I think so too. Oh, but it looks, to me, it still looks similar. Yeah, I thought, Roman? Guys, I thought you guys were talk, referencing the, the first, the Batman Digital Justice, the first oh, oh computer-generated oh, comic. Which, yeah, looks way better than that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that this looks better than that clown at midnight art, but I think it was maybe Roman who had clarified that, like, yeah, but the clown at midnight one was just some pictures, which made it less, like, if, like yeah. again, like Django said, it was the prose that probably made me didn't read the clown at midnight one originally. And it was the art that made me didn't read this one. Yeah, but, the art on that one was John Van Fleet. Okay. And that one, um, I wonder if that was the Digital Justice guy. But yeah, that, that one was just static images. And I think it made the art a little less aggressive than this one. Let's talk about this art. What did everyone think? J- Justin, like, oh, are, we I, all, are we all? Does anyone have anything positive to say? Does anyone have anything not that negative to say? About the art specifically? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Django, Django made a face like, I don't think it's so bad. I didn't think it was so bad. Um, the colors are nice. Yeah, I mean, the it, it got the story across. It's not my favorite type of art. A lot of it looks like, uh, you know, early 2000s digital cutscenes from video games. But It looks like Reboot. It looks like show. Reboot or Bryce yeah. 3D. But it, yeah, or yeah. Transformers Energon. Oh, but I God. think that it's appropriate for the story too. I would have. Oh yeah. I think I w- would have enjoyed having. Let's see. There are there any bits of this that aren't no. in the digital world? Oh no. yeah. Sorry, I don't think so. And there's also no so. bits that aren't digital. So I do. Yeah. If what yeah. you were gonna say was like, if there was like little bits of like a shot of them in the office with Burnham art, like one panel or something, that would be a cool thing. I think that that would have. That would have made me give all of the art in here a full stamp of approval. But as it is, when when did this issue come out, Jeff? T- October 2011? 2011. So, like, this is super I love 2011. advanced, so good. Like AI world building at that point, right? So if you could if you could put on your um, virtual reality goggles and be in this world nine years ago, that would have been like Wayne Tech impressive. Money. So. Like I, I thought it worked for for what the story was. I I agree. Like I was like, all right, let's do this thing. And then as I went through it, like I wouldn't want to read a comic book that has this art in it, unless it's a one shot taking place in fictional virtual reality. Like it, 
the story served it and it yeah, served the story pretty ex- well. hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Well put it, it, you know, wasn't my favorite thing, but as a one shot piece of art, the, the, like the little thing I did like was like when they kick each other, the zeros and ones that pop out. Like, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> just like you Sonic. remember in Digimon, the movie, <clears throat> when they go in the internet and it's a giant white void with like little clocks and horses galloping. And you're like, yeah. so this is the internet. Like I'm always very interested in like, how people choose to visualize a thing that is essentially entirely foreign. Roman, what did you think about, what did you think about the art as, you know, like we got Django here. Who's like, you know, he got that tattoo of the internet. He's got the Apple brand (laughs) tattoo. Like he, he loves tech. Justin and I are sort of similarly like we've dabbled with it. We've kind of decided that we would rather have a sort of safe spot between not using it and using it a lot and then roman maybe you're what 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 did you think yeah the part of me that likes tech was interested in this but the part of me that likes comic book storytelling was a little bit frustrated yeah and as we all know you know i i i'm at the other end of the spectrum where you know my my laptop is powered by a a water wheel but at the same time i was that was the direction i was going but then i was like but wait he also spends more time on like facebook and like the internet (laughs) than us so you know in the internet 2.5 2.5 doing part 2.5 yeah. i'm still working on getting to this one um you know i i think i read this originally when it came out and reading it again this morning i was like well it's cute i like what morrison tried to do here it's it's okay i was a little disappointed in the ending because it's just so anti-climatic you know there's a couple things hinted at that turns out not to be the person behind it all and then the person behind it all you're like oh that was it okay the coolest thing I thought, in, and I like the when Batgirl punch, yeah, kicks those guys and they explode in the the, the code. But um, something I didn't realize until I read Doc Walk's essay on it, this was the last appearance of of Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Because right oh. after this issue, New Fifty Two started and she was Batgirl again. And I thought <laughs> right. that was a really clever like in this world at this time morrison having reverence for barbara gordon i think it's really cool that he wrote a story that facilitated her being able to be like a fully badass. bat girl badass woman yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, I, like I thought that. that was the coolest thing about it turns out it didn't um, mean that much because four months later she was walking and bat girl number one by <laughs> like <laughs> right. 52 started yeah yeah and i do like the fact that when the um is it the mutation engine or the grinder yeah, it's called yeah yeah when it Love shows it. up as the grinder of souls you know, it looks like the hyper adapter. Oh, the, smart. One of the versions of the hyper Interesting, adapter. Interesting, yeah. I didn't think about that at all, but you're That's totally awesome, right. Dude. God damn it, Roman. Great catch. Great catch, as Uh-oh. always. Um, Thanks. I like how it's, you know, for me, the art, oh, to quote Bruce Springsteen again, I need a little more of that human touch. But mm-hmm. the story, I think, was a lot better than I remembered it. Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't a bad story. It, Love Morrison. We're here doing an issue by issue podcast about Morrison. Love him. You know how in the last like 10 years, sometimes he says things and you're like, you that love you, but I I don't, you sound like an adult trying to say kid words. Um, (laughs) So like, there's a couple reference in here. Like, you know, he says at one point, all your something are belong to us or whatever, which is a reference to that. All, all your base are belong to us. Like internet meme from the time. I don't know what that is. It's, it's just a dumb internet. It's from meme. before you were on Facebook, probably. Um, and then just like <laughs> on the final page, when either the old woman or maybe a thirty-year-old man on the right says, "says sick," 
and there's like yeah. kind of two instances of sick and i'm like i don't know you scottish wonderful writer imaginative <laughs> man like you don't you don't need to do that like you're better you just say indubitably or whatever it is that you would write because i i took it as that guy being kind of a like uh like an irritating tech startup butthole and yeah like i did too silicon after, valley douchebag guy. after staring at it too long because i thought it was a grandma like i i, I was yeah, pretty I, sure it was an old woman i did too i i was like why is this old woman whoever she is saying using that term yeah <laughs> yeah i guess in because the i'm shot, sick <laughs> the last shot is like you don't see the end of where their hair ends so it could easily easily be like a ponytail that a grandma would have like right it's like oh that's just yeah a bun or something yeah yeah i lost, <laughs> I lost track of who that character was right so thematically though the the bad guy in this is basically just um jigsaw from saw but it's also that the dude does say we will stamp out wherever the standard of the bat rises, which is the mm -hmm. same thing that a different Leviathan person said. Oh, um, oh, yeah. In the previous issue. So I think that there is a pretty strong indication just from that repeated use of language that maybe that person is from Leviathan. Oh, yeah. I mean, they kind of say it all in, in this issue. They also say we're all billionaires. Real risk is hard to find these days. I thought yeah. you'd enjoy a challenge with real repercussions. Right. Like for sure. It's it it I think that it could be a Leviathan bad guy or not. Oh, I think I think it has to be right. yeah. a Leviathan bad guy. Doesn't Bruce specifically say like they I knew that it was Leviathan. And later Leviathan. on when they say something about the money being funneled through the comp the country that leviathan first took its yeah and this on. was a trojan horse yeah but i also think that like if there weren't the leviathan story going on you could remove that entirely oh, sure. from the content and this still kind of functions the same so like i i, I do like that <laughs> as well it is kind of just like a bored billionaire the i guess kind of the antithesis of batman you could say yeah i genuinely think the writing of this issue was really solid i read it this morning with my cup of coffee and put it down and was like really pretty happy with the script um grant morrison is you know i think he's playing on neuromancer as well as explicitly like referencing his robert anton wilson love because he does you know he has cited that guy as a big influence mm -hmm. um as well as like he's i love snarky grant morrison he doesn't do social commentary that much but him poking and prodding at like the the airs of like tech utopianism you know mm -hmm. and like within the run that like batman is also very dependent on tech and kind of showing the the dark side of that i thought was cool and you know he's clearly you know doing some like anti-rich stuff which appeals to me so i was like damn this is you know Mar morrison when he uses his teeth um which at this point this run isn't really about that he doesn't he's kind of in the point of his career where he's not super teethy um, so it felt kind of good to have that Martian snark that he has in some of his older, older work. You know, he's funny and snarky and cynical sometimes. And I love when he does that kind of stuff. And at this point we didn't have the Oculus. Like we didn't have some VR things that we do now. And so for is like in final crisis, it was the like, internet and this internet <laughs> yeah. 3.0, like he does these like kind of dumb name versions, but there's the a fair amount. So good though. Yeah. There's a fair like the amount. Uber Mensch right there's a fair amount of like interestingly way ways that like maybe they were easy to see back then but technology has evolved 
to still incorporate a lot of these things as a possible reality, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, these aren't dumb tech ideas, like the, the physical space, the way viruses could work within it. Um, not super, super far off. I really liked just the zombies themselves. And like when you hit them, they created zeros and ones. And because they were reciting that poetry that the dude had thrown away, this idea that these zombies are dead data and they're dead zeros and ones mm-hmm, they're deleted yeah. data. So like dead numbers is almost the same, like an internet zombie is the same as a human zombie because it's a reincarnated <clears throat> thing that was deleted. Yeah. I, I like, it's like, oh, that's, that's some clever Morrison, like alternate look at a technological advancement i loved uh, that, that is cool I didn't oracle oh, sorry roman you want to finish that? oh no that, that is cool i just i didn't get any of that because i i wasn't familiar with zombies that term used that way oh i mean i i wasn't either that's they kind of they kind of say that in here he's you know like the, the whole bit about the poetry that was thrown away and they're mm-hmm. reciting it and like that that was a you know i'm kind of assuming that that's a thing is there tech zombie? Is there virus zombies? That might, that, I mean, it's there a are, idea. There are zombie, like, you, you can create a zombie network. If you can infect computers, you can have other people's computers doing your hacking and your processing for you. And okay. that would be like, like a bunch of zombie computers. I heard about uh, that before. <clears throat> I really like Oracle copying herself. Just saying copy, copy, mm. copy. Yeah, That's Oracle's awesome. badass in this. Yeah, she yeah, is. The, yeah, and the fact Batman can barely control two two of himself. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That idea was really thought provoking for me. Just like Batman being such a, you know, he he has a hard time controlling it. But I feel like an average Joe, like any of us, could not run to us. I couldn't. I would implode right. and die, oh, and no. maybe one would try <laughs> to kill each other. But um, <laughs> um, you know, Batman is so like mind master zen dude that he can like operate with two avatars at some level and it shows like barbarous technical mastery that she does that like that she's almost synonymous with her avatar it was pretty cool i can't even use a video game controller with more than a, a an old nintendo number of buttons so <laughs> <clears throat> did you guys catch the the references in the uh chapter titles no i saw them in like digital, digital justice, justice. Is that the yeah, story so, that Justin or Roman Rent mentioned? Yeah, yeah, that was the first digital Batman comic. And I don't know okay. if there's any, I haven't read that book. So I don't know if there's any, any overlap there, but there's the ghost in the box, which is, I would guess a uh, chapter two is the ghost in the box. I think that's probably a reference to the ghost in the machine. Yeah. That's right? what I thought too. And then chapter one is the transparent world, which I'm guessing is a reference to David Brin's book, the transparent society. Hmm. Um, which came, are you a David Brin fan? No, oh, okay. no I, uh, but I got Wikipedia. Okay, <laughs> David Brin is like super hard sci-fi. He's if if it's the Brin guy I'm thinking of, probably. yeah, I, I think it is. It's it's a book where he's like guessing that um, like low cost surveillance and communication are gonna eat into our privacy, and nah. that's kind of what this whole <laughs> issue is about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Django, you texted me after finishing this issue and you, you read it actually several days ago. Um, and I, you discovered something that was fucking fascinating hmm. in really? the previews. You? Yeah. You text, yeah. we text each other 
I get like I said, he turns his inside off. <laughs> I get very concerned on a day that you and I haven't texted each other. Is he, uh, uh, am I mad at him? Is he mad at me? Am I, wait, wait, wait. Am I mad at him? <laughs> um, about the previews for the next two issues. Oh, yeah. And the dates of them. And I thought that that was incredibly telling about how poorly orchestrated DC publication was at this time. Give it yeah. to us. I guess I, maybe it was the previous issue. I think it was the previous issue. Okay. And you, yeah, you, and you hadn't been on it. So that's why it was like a week ago. But you had texted me that like, because he's reading the issues as opposed to the ominous, but it had the dates of the next two Batman Inc. issues and what they were going to be about. Mm-hmm. And they quoted like months and times that obviously didn't happen because the new 52 happened. So it alluded to Batman Incorporated continuing to go on, even in issue like seven when they canceled it at eight. Um, yeah. What the fuck? And it's just like, wow. Welcome to DC. Yeah, yeah it's, it is crazy because like, I kind of feel like some of the plotting and pacing and direction issues of the first chunk of this run are kind of because they got cluster bombed by like, oh shit, we're going to have to end stuff and then kind of reboot it in a cohesive way. And to see that even in like six and seven that they didn't know that, or maybe it was just a conversation is like, God, like, yeah. So that means that means that like, you know, leading up to issue six or maybe even seven Grant Morrison was doing what he wanted. Right. 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 Like, like the unevenness and, and kind of weirdness of this run was on purpose to some extent, or, or at least not messed with by editorial. Yeah. It was his, you know, within his own controller. Right. There Roman, you go, Django. I, yeah. He texted me and I was like, that is fucking rad <laughs> and sad. Um, Roman, <laughs> what else did doc walk say? I haven't read his read of this issue yet. Um, anything good in the old not uh, prof's brain? It's one of his essays that kind of felt like he was trying to figure out what he could say about this issue because mainly, is... he, yeah, mainly he focused on that. There's a couple of clues early on in the issue that they're the reasons behind this this internet invasion, theft, or whatever it is, um, are are, are based on class and and deeper issues than just a bored billionaire that that gets used by leviathan right um he mainly just focuses on that okay and he didn't even mention that great thing Django did about the the chapter title references dog and 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 the, and, and the and the one you didn't get to Django was the overall issue uh title of the uh issue nightmares in numberland is a reference to little nemo and yeah. slumberland oh not, not babes in toyland <laughs> nightmares could, in dreamland adventures I, in dreamland it, it could work either way because they're all three of them are about going into non-ordinary reality and having an adventures <laughs> yeah yeah that's true um, yeah this was a month after occupy wall street as oh, well so really you know, god yeah, i so. forgot about occupy wall street yeah it was crazy shit and given the whole you know criticism of the rich in this is probably a little bit of the Morrison chiming in on that as well. Mm. I thought it was a really interesting statement that I didn't process. So at the end here, he says, don't worry. Like they're like, how do we just give you more money? And he says, don't worry about that. Batman and Corbett will think of some way to spend your money. And at first I was like, that's gross. 
But then I was like, oh, it's actually him like trying to take money from rich people and use it to benefit other people. So it's kind of Robin Hoody. But I don't know. Like similarly, just Justin, when you had said earlier in the episode, which caused me to rethink it, just like a kind of criticism of the rich. Um, yeah, I was like, man, they're, you know, like the amount of times that I have thought about Bruce Wayne and Batman's use of money and in this eight issues so far is really interesting, right? Like nice that it's coming from a Robin Hood perspective here. But still, like, yeah, like you, Bruce, you don't seem bummed about being the one percent, and you're, <laughs> I know you're work, I, you're 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 still working it just for your own funds, but fun, like having funds, not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, at, at its core, we're still hanging out with a character that was invented before there was a one percent. That's true. You know, and if if you try to squeeze, you know batman into now his parents probably would have called an uber instead of walking down the alley <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a that's a really funny and true point yeah but and i feel like his yeah. his richness over time has gotten extended like i don't think 1940s batman was like yeah there was no one percent like he wasn't so rich that he didn't care about the rest of society they were well to do you know like now he has jets and all this crazy stuff but back in the day he was a guy with some guy like a gun like a grappling gun and a nice Mm -hmm. car like he wasn't so gregariously rich that you couldn't communicate with him you know you could tell that the manor was drafty yeah (laughs) Yeah. now it ain't it's yeah it is yeah it's interesting um that even when thinking about his richness and stuff, you just saying this made me think that, like, it's interesting. It doesn't ever, like, in the history of Batman, it doesn't really seem like his richness is a part of his personality or even the character. It's just sort of the justica- justification for the mechanism with which he could be having all these gadgets, right? right. It's not I like, think- it's not so much that he is a rich, egalitarian one percenter. It's just more that, like, here's just our excuse to let this guy have a suit that continues to evolve. Right. It's a justification for how he does his stuff. I just like, if he is that rich, he could be responsible using his money more for society. And so that's where that, I get ooky right. about it. But I think it is a plot driven thing. Like how do we justify the fact that he has jets and, and the internet 3.0. Yeah. Which has got to be a, a pretty petty. Does the internet 3.0 come back? I hope not. I don't think so. Does it? I don't, I don't know. know. There's don't there's know. a couple things that I don't remember the play out of. Like the stuff with the diamond that he stole in the first issue yep. comes up again, but I don't yeah. remember its ultimate fulfillment in this run. And so maybe this is one, another one of those things that was a tool for something, but I don't remember if it if it comes back in a satisfying way. It seems like a seed to me. And maybe me it's too. just a, a thread that he didn't come back to. Roman, what, your lighting what? just got real nice. Oh yeah, I, I just turned off the overhead. He went Super Saiyan. What uh, what uh, what internet are we on now, guys? In the real world? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think Internet 2.0 was when all websites turned into some combination of orange and white. I feel like we're yeah. still in the death throes of Internet 1.0. <laughs> I'm on the cheapest Comcast I can get. So <laughs> I think I'm on 1.5. <laughs> um, um, they won't even let me go to 1.0 anymore. God, so, now I'm just stuck on this idea because of what Django said about, you know, nowadays they, the Waynes would get an Uber. Just think, just think of rewriting Batman's origin like now. Jo, I mean, Joe Chill is the Uber driver and, 
Yeah. <laughs> it still end up at all the same points. Yeah, you're right. That that is fun. But like, what? Let's let's say that Bruce's parents didn't die. Like, he's he's clearly a damaged person, and he's got a an obsessive kind of brain. Would he turn into a supervillain? I mean, I mean, it depends on your perspective of it. Like, he's pretty on. scary in this, and he's doing a good thing, but, like, having robots around the world that exert his will is pretty scary. Yeah, yeah maybe he would just be a straight 1%. Sorry, go ahead. If young, if young Bruce was uh, being raised nowadays, he'd, he'd have Interpoint Internet 3.0 or whatever influencing him, and it depends on what websites he spent all his time on. I'd also say if you're the 1%, you're bored enough to no longer just be straight you know <laughs> um i do i mean seriously though let's talk about the preacher and all those rich people um in the orgy scene uh there's okay okay so here we tie things back to jezebel jet at the end mm-hmm. so with the broad stroke summary uh batman's created an internet a bunch of investors come show it up and then they get attacked by hackers while they're in there um but it gets tied to, so on the topic of justin's statement about like i don't remember how some of these things play out even that i was like because i did flip through this i didn't read it all originally but like the come like the return of the idea of jezebel jet and that it kind of you could see that it implicates like oh is jezebel jet leviathan like the first country that leviathan had is the country that jezebel jet uh ruled or mm-hmm. is the princess of and i don't know that we ever actually heard that country's name originally in the series yeah, I don't remember. What's it? Matamba, oh, Matamba? Seems, yeah. seems like a new name to me, or at least it within incorporated when Batwing was there. But I like that's exciting. Cool. Yeah. Bring back Jezebel Jet. I was like, oh shit, yeah. I I didn't ever remember her returning in any capacity at all. Well, and I think it also kind of tries to implicate her dad because he's this mysterious rich figure in the mm. king of Matamba, and so I think it's like trying to like lead us to to the idea that maybe this is their whole yeah thing you know maybe that's yeah. why she was doing what she was doing mm-hmm. yeah like in the last like next issue panel i mean it suggests that the earlier character female character that we saw at the end of the falklands islands issue that was talking to um dr daedalus it was a woman with like a, a cloak and oh, like right. a, a skull face mask so it suggests that yeah oh that must be jezebel jet mm-hmm. um on the topic of this shot, the final shot of this issue, and then what Django had mentioned earlier, I think that would have been a great opportunity to use Chris Burnham art. Actually, I know. unfortunately, I, I Cameron Stewart thought. art, because Cameron Stewart does the issue that follows this. Um, Damn. But, but that would have been a good opportunity to do it, because it's not like, you know, they use yeah. next Batman and Batgirl enter this shot of the techno world. It's like, no, they don't go to a techno world. We, we go back to Cameron Stewart art, and we're in Europe in the next one. And, like, the... Well, but that says this fall, right? So that... Oh, I'm sorry. Not in my omnibus that has been corrected and is the definitive edition. Well, mine (laughs) says this fall, Batman and Batgirl enter the school of night. That's so interesting. So this says next they enter the school of night. And I want to know about some dates. When did Leviathan Strikes come out? Oh, okay. Um, So Scott Clark, who is the artist for this, did a bunch of stuff for Wildstorm, was mostly like a DC house artist and mostly didn't draw in this style. Like this, this is the only thing that I can find of his that looks this digital. Um, And he died two years after he did this issue. Damn. Damn. That's, That's everything I know about him. Damn. Yeah. There was like a four or five month gap between this issue of incorporated and the next one. 
And yeah. that is crazy. Wow. And I think it was sold as a double-sized issue because it was trying to bridge that gap to like, okay, new 52 is coming, guys. Like, we're going to have to re-solicit the series. Exactly. We've already finished these issues, but right. let's package them into a larger thing. Because, because is that like, the next issue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And because... I got to go with a shot. Flashpoint started, so they weren't allowed to do any Batman Inc. stuff for the four or six issues that was Flashpoint. Right. And then the new 52 started and they still waited a couple months before the first issue of incorporated came out. So um, this is the, you know, technically the final issue of the first volume of incorporated and there's a one shot, but this one, it says in this book, February, but that, you know, that, that might be weird. And then the first issue of the actual next series is July. Yeah. Maybe it was February. five months, like that's half a pandemic, seven months. <laughs> if you, you know, try to track it from issue eight, to issue one and that is bonkers bananas would explain why i felt so fucking jarred at the second issue one of this run i was like is this the same book but that was the one that i was like that the the first issue of the second run of this is what like just renewed my absolute faith in it there's a couple scenes in there that are so that's a great issue amazing yeah and i think that that one came out like right around going to Morrison con. Cause I brought my copy of it with me. Damn. Yeah. I remember it was in the summer. Django. You'll, don't worry. There's some Satanism coming back. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, good. I know it's been kind of dry on Satanism for you. So, well, there's the moment the, the guy that made the game in this was like nightmares in hell, six, six, six or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I was almost like, Oh, is that like a reference to the Damien Django? hell world created in six, six, six and oh, Django's blood wall. How about that cover? Great. Cover. I love the cover. I never Great noticed cover. it was a chalk outline until yeah. today. Neither did I. I was like, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's smart. Burnham is fucking great. I, He's great. I, I didn't get to say it last issue. If, if Burnham stayed at that style, he might be in my top, like three favorite working artists. He gets a little, you know, he switches to a kind of a sketchier, more frantic style later that I'm less, less drive with, but like this is, he comes out of the gate so strong. I forgot that I was going to make the joke at the beginning of this issue that this is my least favorite Frank Quietly <laughs> art of the run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Burnham is... I, I absolutely agree. I don't I'm know where, Burnham. where it was that he sort of... And I think more power to him, but at some yeah, point I sure. think he kind of embraced the caricature nature of his art. Um, and... And that's awesome. He's developing his own style, but it, it's a little less appealing to me strictly. But I think that there's, I think you could say that the stuff he's doing here is pretty closely trying to ape Quietly's style, like not sure. in an insulting way, but just like he had done the earlier stuff. So, so maybe he was kind of putting himself in a box here. Guys, do we go to emails? Do we have other thoughts on this amazing tech issue? Because we've got a slew of emails. I don't really have anything else on it. I, it was it was way more straightforward than I remembered when I read it because I it was I more coherent doing it that much. Yeah, yeah. I remember this is like kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Like the art's bad, the story doesn't make sense, and I was surprised. Like this is pretty good. Like the co- it's coherent and makes sense within its world. It fits in the run. Like it it makes yeah. sense <laughs> it leading does, up. Yeah. Like it plots for other things, and so I, I actually was pretty satisfied with this issue. And like of course back in the day, I really wanted to just have opinions on this book because it was like my favorite book coming out. So it's like, I didn't really like this issue. And I think I unfairly criticized that book because I, I genuinely liked that issue. Roman, what about you? 
yeah, it was, it was, I wasn't thrilled with it because of the art, but it's, it's leagues better than, well, like digital justice, which was <laughs> what, 11 years before it. And just the difference in, cause digital justice, that truly is a horrible mess. And there's a Spider-Man um, one around that same time that Jane, we there? had somebody bring into the shop. Wasn't it Iron Man? I think there's a Spider-Man oh, one maybe sense. also. But, okay. um, Iron like, Man was the very first digital comic. I always thought that it was the digital justice. And I told that to Joel O'Connor. And he's like, no, it was <laughs> Iron Man, not Batman. Wow. He's a big iron head. I kind of want to see the Iron Man issue. I don't remember it. But... <clears throat> I'll keep an eye out for you. How apropos. Yeah. Um, this this was actually the one that made me, I remember reading this and thinking, why can't they just stick with one artist on this? And it, it made me feel like this whole this whole run had been just a mishmash of, of artists, but it's really just three, right? That's my memory of it totally as well. Even Batman and Robin. I remember feeling mm-hmm. like, why can't they just keep it? And then when I look back at it, like Batman and Robin is just three issue arcs. Like it's, it's yeah. well done actually. And then yeah. <laughs> incorporated, it's bouncing between two and then this one issue, and then Leviathan Strikes has Cameron Stewart, but then it's Burnham from, from there on out. But I, I do, like you saying that reminds me, I, I felt that same thing of just like, why can't they just plan ahead and get a artist on here? Yeah. Why couldn't they just do Burnham the whole time? He seems to be quick enough. I, I totally agree. I think that this was like his coming out. You know, I, th- yeah. I think that they were like, man, these Burnham issues are actually better than any of the other ones, maybe instead of Yannick, we should actually transition to Burnham. And I kind of think that they did. So you guys so fucking good. didn't like the art in this issue. Who do you think would have been a better choice? Because I feel like it needs to be digital, kind of digital, or it, it needs to not be Chris Burnham. If Chris Burnham had done this, it would have been off tone, I think, for the story. Right. I think you could make an argument for Addie Granov. Mm-hmm. Um, just and he had just done the Iron Man thing. So, yeah, he would have done Extremis not too long before this. And his stuff is oh, so yeah. digital Sheep. anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, but to that point, I don't love the art in it. But I think it's a fun gimmick to have used yeah. for the, the gimmick of the issue. And I, I don't think I would change it, you know? Mm-hmm. like I had a similar but opposite thought. Like, I like the gimmick and it makes me like or tolerate the art better. But in my head, when I was reading, I was like, I don't think I need the meta gimmick to like realize we're in the internet. Just give me Burnham drawing this <laughs> and I would be fine with it. Like I, I get that we're in a different place. You know, that, yeah. That's the internet 3.5, Justin. Oh it God, looks where like it's all like gritty and yeah, oopy, <laughs> oopy and yeah. Your eyes are so big. Everything's made out of mashed potatoes, angry mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, Roman, should we move to emails? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I in general, I just don't care for digital art. So yeah, but yeah, for 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 this story, it needed to be done that way. So yeah. Well, listen, we got a slew of them, so I'm going to move through them. The first one I just love because not strictly Batman related, but hey, from Chris Murphy. Given the recent discussion about Grant Morrison and Mark Wade's storytelling styles, I thought you all might be interested in this book, Writers on Comics Scriptwriting. It's out of print now, but I found mine used. It's a series of interviews with comic writers popular at the end of the last millennium. It's got Wade and Grant, who are buds, but it also has personal favorites Garth Ennis and Peter David, along with a bunch of others. It looks awesome. He sent a picture of the cover, but it's got writers on... It's called Writers on Comic Scriptwriting. Kurt Busiek, P. 
Peter David, Warren Ellis, Garth Ennis, Neil Gaiman, Dan Jurgens, Joe Kelly, Todd McFarlane, Jeff Loeb, Frank Miller, Grant Morrison, Mark Wade. It looks – I would love that. I would love I think there's two hear. parts of it because I've, I've creeped that book before, I think. It is pretty incredible. He also attached the um, the table of yeah. contents to it. But I, I would love to have a copy of that. That, is, that would that be is, so cool. Um, they, they should have got somebody – um, they should have hired somebody to give them tips on graphic design for the cover. <laughs> oh man, designers for cover designing. Chris Buchat <laughs> sent um, an awesome email that is tied to the very, uh, the very mm, tense moment that Django and Roman and I shared, trying to track down the signature information at the bottom of Batman Incorporated number six. <laughs> Chris says, "I tried." I really tried to figure out what was under Burnham's signature, but I got nowhere. My first instinct was the inker's signature, but then I remembered he inked the issue too. So I thought maybe the colorist, but his signature is on the cover and it's clearly different. That's the point I got distracted by the art and stopped trying. My stray musings were that I love Nightrunner's design, dislike Black Bat's mask, but love her cape, and find it strange that Bruce is pictured twice um, at the end of that final double-page spread that they're referencing. I also found it interesting that Red Robin appears to be fighting a voodoo priest, which calls back to his mother's death. I don't see any other connections with the other characters, except uh, perhaps that Night Runner is a Muslim fighting what looks like a crusader knight. The I think they're I, all yeah. in different parts of the world. I think he's in Haiti. Oh, nice. Um, and they definitely are all different parts of the world. And that, that The last thing I noted was the title of the issue, Nyctomorph. Aside from the clear reference to his disguise, Nero Nicto, an, identify, or an identity I find wonderfully campy and wish writers would reuse, the term also could refer to Bruce reshaping, morphing what Batman is. This, of course, made me curious about the other issue titles, but ultimately found them to be a smattering of references to mythology, tarot, theology, and seemingly an English ballad. I don't think this has helped me understand anything better, but I found it a perfectly enjoyable dive into the mind of Morrison. Chris, love you. That's what we're all doing. That's the best thing about it is it just sends us on a random, like, I wonder if there's something down this hole. And even when there's not, I love digging holes. Justin, nope, I know just, you do. Just oh, simple, yeah, boring references to mythology and poetry and uh, <laughs> history. Yawn. That's but, uh, awesome. Got an Andrew Carlson, just quick thought. Andrew Carlson, I don't know. I hope it wasn't us that made you do this, but <laughs> I was watching the Batman movie from 1966 for fun. And I'm almost <laughs> thinking the bat branding of everything is a wink and nod to how there's a bat computer and also a bat copter, bat radio, bat gas, bat ladder, etc. Just a thought I had. Thanks for the awesome bat casts. Uh, love you. Love you, Andrew. Love you, Andrew. Andrew, you're amazing. Um, Chris Murphy said an incredibly nice thing. Uh, hello quarantine because we went just off we went off the radar with batman incorporated seven we just <laughs> that was uh, hardly a batman podcast <laughs> we just started talking about it and i'm so the positive feedback we've gotten about that is awesome and generous of all of you um even in a run as exemplary as morrison's bat epic bat inc seven is a cut above the rest i really appreciate the time jeff justin and roman took to discuss the culture of various indigenous peoples and the crimes of european colonization it was particularly interesting to hear about justin's family experiences thanks justin for sharing that three comments i'd like to make about the issue if you please i was very pleased to see man of bats's heroism played up and not his possible drinking problem when morrison reintroduced the character in 667 bill great eagle is tipping is tippling a bottle of champagne with his son chiding him, come on, you know how you get when you drink. Given the challenge native peoples have faced, I suppose Morrison could have gone there, but I'm glad he didn't. Maybe Man of Bats has struggled with alcohol, and maybe that's why he's 
protesting alcohol sales on the res, but seeing him defined by his other qualities made for a much more inspiring character. One. Love that. Two. I do too. Yeah, you rule, Chris. The Red Ripper, a.k.a. Sam Black Elk, is the face of Leviathan in this issue. When Man of Bats first con- confronts him in the issue, Red Ripper accuses Man of Bats of having hounded my father to an early grave. The father he's speaking of is Black Elk, who was the villain in Batman 86 and 54. As you noted, this issue is the first appearance of Chief Man of Bats and Little Raven. So just like Batman and just like Man of Bats, the younger generation of Black Elk is also, Black Elk is also stepping up. I didn't realize that that character was also in that issue we referenced. That is very cool. That's great. And... When Man of Bats breaks down the door in the opening scene that we all talked and loved, uh, cartoons are playing behind the Shrieking Orphan. The exact cartoon is Go Go Gophers, which was part of the underdog show. Go Go Gophers was the story of Anglo-Americanized gophers who were typically foiled by Native Americanized gophers. The natives spoke either in stereotypical broken English or in complete gibberish. To have that cartoon playing in the background just adds insult to the injury, even immense soul-crushing hopelessness instigated by white power structures in america native americans people must still sit with racist caricatures of their televisions it is a subtle or it is a subtle and very powerful uh bit of context and that little kid who's stuck there watching that is forced to be See caricatures yeah, yeah of, of his own wow culture. yeah that's why that that kid sitting there is his own filth that's why he's pointing at the screen and screaming yeah mm-hmm. huh. yeah this issue was really something special and dude man of bats threatening to put the bad guys in full body casts all while blood pours from his mouth and he, his guts spill out onto the breaches worth the price of comic <laughs> right there um chris murphy home of the nolhegan band of the abenaki tribe p.s like jeff awesome. i'm also a huge fan of scalped in my top t- 10 comic stories of all time for sure and then finally We've got a voice memo from Will Elmer, everybody. Get, just sit back and get ready to hear from one of our favorite people. Actually, every single one of these people is one of our favorite people at this point. Thank you so much, everyone. Hey, Bat Family. Okay. Uh, just wanted I, to I a... fucked that up, everyone. Now. Hey, Bat Family. Uh, just wanted to do a quick voice memo. I uh, just finished reading issue number eight, and I just wanted to say that issue six and seven have been my favorites so far. Uh, issue eight is a bit of a weird one. I'm really curious to hear what you guys um, are saying about it. But to me, it, you know, the, putting the art aside, which you know, was some weird art, but we saw that already in The Clown of Midnight, and it, it at least felt like it had a purpose in this um, with the Internet 3.0 stuff. But all the Internet 3.0, all the tech speak, all felt a little bit weird and um, out of touch. Uh, it just didn't didn't seem to really resonate and, and work well, especially when you compare it to issue number six, which I'll talk about in a second. But issue seven, I just want to say, uh, you know, I liked it a lot when I read it, and I loved it when I heard you guys talk about it. Um, there were some really awesome insights. I really appreciated hearing everything that Justin had to say about his, um, you know, relationship with the indigenous cultures and uh, colonization and um, it was a great episode and kudos to you guys for that. Uh, but back to issue six, um, you know, I, I posted a picture on the Facebook group a couple of days ago of Batman's eyebrows being kind of uh, the shape of bat wings. Like he purposely hmm. trimmed them to look like bat wings. So he's got all these crazy eyes when he's standing outside the courthouse and showing That's off important. the bat robots and kind of sending this image to the public that, Batman is a is kind of a crazy person who's gone off the deep end, um, kind of catfishing the public about who he is, creating a new persona, um, you know, away from the 
you know, playboy, billionaire philanthropist type of persona and creating a whole new public image to cloud who he is. And you jump over to the a few pages later where he's on the message boards using fake burner accounts, <laughs> uh, at least as my interpretation, that's fake what he's doing, <laughs> and spreading rumors and misinformation about Bruce Wayne and Batman and who is Batman, is Bruce Wayne dead, um, is Batman controlling Bruce Wayne, creating all this fake misinformation. And it was it's a really stark contrast to issue eight, because where issue eight feels a bit out of touch with the internet 3.0 stuff, this feels like incredibly and surprisingly relevant and connected to the world that we're currently living in for this being written 10 years ago. But for the, us to basically be living in the age of misinformation, uh, it's really impressive and kind of blown away and, you know, a bit creepy just seeing Batman or Bruce Wayne acting in this way and purposely trying to mislead the public and create this whole different image and uh, going on the internet and, and catfishing everybody with this. Um, super awesome. I loved it a lot. Curious if you guys had any additional thoughts um, on the message board stuff and this whole alternate persona. Um, thanks for all you guys do. Talk to you soon. So awesome. if anybody else wants to send a voice memo, he recorded that on his phone, I bet, and then just emailed it to us at batmanandquarantine at gmail.com as an attachment. And that is a perfect thing to do, and I encourage everyone to do it because it is so awesome to get uh, those voice memos. Thank you for everyone for all of those messages. Let's jump really into Will Elmer's... It. Yeah, really appreciate it. And really appreciated last week's discussion. Um, so... I my first thought, and I didn't think about it until you were saying it, Will, and I do think it's particularly insightful. Um, I think he is a little, a little out of touch with some things in this issue, but I didn't feel that in issue six when he's talking about the internet. And my justification for that is that I think, at least my read is that first one is him sort of talking about the internet. And while this one is titled Internet 3.0, it felt more like a commentary and conversation about gaming culture. It had mm -hmm. quotes from online games. The venom, like the villain, was a gamer. Like viruses were there. It was, it, and like, like even the hitting people with the zeros and ones reminded me of like a fighting game. So yeah. all of it, and like you know, like when Batman needs to respawn and he says respawn in a different spot, like all of that felt more gamery to me. And I feel like that was the thing, kind of I mentioned earlier, of just sort of like, I don't know, Morrison, you're great, but you don't need to, you don't need to focus on what the kids are doing but that was just my read and i don't think he failed at doing it here but it just felt a little inconsistent to me what was everyone else's read on that or the other stuff that we'll mention um i have a similar read to the difference between gaming and just like toxic kind of persona y stuff on the internet like batman's mm. clearly like kind of catfishing which great great um catch there will um he's like doing persona stuff and kind of just like being a gross internet troll and then this one like with the idea that there there's a talk on wealth in the one percent and gaming and like the boredom of billionaires that they're all just kind of playing with people's lives you know because they're like they say that they're billionaires and they're insulated they're not actually protected from the world so everything is kind of a or they are protected from the world i felt like he was really playing with like what the rich do with their time and the boredom that they have having so much that their life is kind of a game. And so I think it's more, especially now knowing it's 
very, very like of the time of Wall Street, you know, like I think it's a very commentary on who are these rich people and their mechanisms that they're using to control society, you know? And so I think that, you know, the, I think the villain specifically says, talks about boredom in that issue. So I wonder if it's a commentary on like, you know, video games and stuff kind of come from a, a point in society where we have so much extra time and wealth that we can sit there and kind of simulate life. And this whole thing was a simulation as well. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be like the PC police or anything, Uh but I think that in this specific instance, um, catfishing should always be referred to as bat fishing. (laughs) That's PC. That's PC. I dig it. Roman, any any thought? I love getting a Uh, voice memo from people. Thank you, Will. Yeah, isn't that that cool? Everybody's comments, um, everything they sent in, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I agree what Justin said. I agree with all of that. And it also ties into the gaming that... um, leviathan is doing and what all these secret international spy rings like specter and smirsh and they all do that. They, <laughs> the they, smurfs <laughs> those little blue bastards i, I forget I, I yeah i can't remember what smirsh was from it was an acronym on from some show or car oh, word or something we're talking about the smurfs now yeah yeah but not <laughs> the smurfs those, no. those are those little uh dr manhattan guys <laughs> yeah little dr manhattan guys. Yeah. controlling the world <laughs> Um, well you all can send voice memos and thank you for the email like i love it i love like, last week we we're like we should do this and then we we're like we don't have time and then justin had the brilliant thought of like let's save it for the internet 3.0 issue so we did but you know more of them the better keep sending them uh keep posting on facebook that's so awesome i love when i periodically check in there i'm just like all of these people are amazing <laughs> yeah they're um, great yeah, thanks to the folks who chipped in on trying to get some likes up on the Reddit post and our Batman I did. Batman is cool. Reddit is scary. Um, you're all amazing, just like Batman is. Unless anyone's got any final thoughts, I think we can probably get out of here. I just want to say thanks to, to everyone who does communicate. You know, I'm not on the Facebook forum, so I don't get to like communicate as much as I would like to, but it, it's really cool to get positive feedback and that that issue seven was a vulnerable thing and it feels good to be kind of caught and held on, on a space like this. So I really appreciate everyone's feedback. Roman? I just really wanted to make a, oh. a, a bat a non joke, but I couldn't squeeze it in. So maybe you can, <laughs> maybe you can edit it in somewhere, buddy. I'm going to walk out of this room and put this podcast right online unless there's any <laughs> glaring things that need to get edited out. So no editing for me. <laughs> I really want to hear, hear Django's bat a non joke. No, he couldn't find one. Oh well, next, shocker! Well, come, come, well, come up with one for next. The joke and all things. <laughs> he is the joke and all things. All right, everybody. Well, on behalf of Roman and Justin and Django, I am Jeff, and I'll see all of you next week. Thanks for listening to Batman Incorporated sixty-two.